Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You cannot stop That's right, the Back Chat Basketball Show. We are back again. The guys are just looking at me like stun mullets. They can't hear the intro music. Only I can. Of course, next to me, Ben Malice. How are you, Ben? Very good. The music might have changed this week. We've got no idea. It's like a nice surprise. I promise it's the same as last time. And for the first time, couldn't make it for episode one, but mm. here for episode two, Greg Heyer. Um, let, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a pop up your tires a bit. Former Wildcat, Perth Wildcats, four-time. Four-time, yes. Four-time champion, yep. four-time. Um, plus you've won other championships recently. I've had a, a crazy six months. Yeah. What, uh, so, all right. So you've retired. You did, re- you did retire I from the Perth retired, yeah. from the NBL. What have you been doing since then? Uh, so I retired and played NBL one, literally just to be in good enough shape to put myself into contention of uh, making the comp game. Same for three x three basketball. That's where I've the discipline of sport that I uh, thoroughly want to get into or yep. like love now. Um, where I was at in life was sort of maybe this bit of a wake-up call. Like I was like, yep, yeah, pumped about com games, trying to be selected, whatnot, see what happens. And upon getting an email saying uh, you're, you're in the official uh, Camp sort of list, the preliminary list, yep. I was I received the email whilst in the KFC in a drive-thru ordering uh, a Zinger Box combo. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's not a potential for any, yeah, any sponsors. But um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I really need to evaluate where I'm at in life. But yeah, spent the next six months of uh, two-a-day sessions, um, putting my kids to sleep, rocking up, going to a gym, uh, doing yep. high interval training for 45 minutes to then go to Birmingham and, uh, well, not sure if unfortunately is the right word, but yeah, got a silver medal, um, lost on a, on a game winner um, by England. So that's first time in a long time that's ever happened. So yep. Yep. But it was incredible. Did that and then came back four weeks later, um, helped Rockingham Flames win their very first, um, well, it was SBL, but now NBL one championship. So yep. it's been an incredible ride. Um, and now I'm on one of the best podcasts in the world. So That's yeah, right. what you can Huge. say is yep. um, I'm, I'm flying high at the moment. Perth's so. favourite basketball <laughs> podcast I had heard. I, I, yeah. I heard someone say, finally, there's a good Perth uh, um, basketball the KFC podcast. KFC is getting a return visit now or is... <laughs> Oh, absolutely, mate. Since uh, <laughs> since uh, being done, yeah, uh, is like this a John Farnham thing, or you? Yeah, no, no, no. I I think I'm I'm pretty sure. Like, um, I'm pretty close to seeing where I'm at. Uh, where I'm at in life, I'm actually like at that point. I've been inspired by Ned Brockman, the the great man yes. running across Australia. Um, obviously, have my charity. So, I literally was on a phone call yesterday to a guy who rides uh bicycles and i'm planning on uh riding from kananara down to perth and the guy basically nearly wow. hung up the phone to me i uh, was like are you kidding do you ride often how, i was like no nah, once a week um i'll take me two and a half weeks three weeks um, i think it's the same distance the guy said from sydney to perth yeah, wow. and right. when i was like no no i'll do it from i want to stay in local like wa but then i was like 
Uh, maybe I should have gone to Sydney, like. Yeah. But um, so look, ask me next week or no, 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 no. <laughs> ask me. It's June, July next year okay, if I continue nice. doing it. But I just like, where do I put my energy? I haven't told my wife yet, so oh, um, we'll she'll send her the episode. To yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe we can take the show on the road, and then there sure. you go. So. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, the, this is the Backchat Basketball Show. If you want to find us on our socials, it's Backchat underscore Basketball. Very clever use of a handle there. And you can also email us um, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. I know that's the email address for Backchat the show, but that's fine. We're mm. not going to pay for a new uh, Google account <laughs> just for an email that we might get one of a, a month. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but Google give you free emails. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they do, they do. I just don't want the at Gmail thing. So anyways, um, uh, of course, uh, Greg Hyatt, who will be along as much as possible, hopefully every absolutely. week until he rides from Connemara yeah, to Perth. Let's the we'll bike come down here. When did you see you get the training and come yeah, on the podcast? Yeah. Next I week see I'll be Muay Thai. All yes, right. please. Yeah, like yeah, right. Right. Done. Like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Um, so we are going to be talking a little bit about um, NBL, NBA. There's lots to talk about across the basketball landscape of the world. Um we are going to start with a listener question. I did put it out on our mm, socials. Mm. You got any questions for us? Um, we're the most, you know, probably well-equipped people to answer any question that you've got for us. And an absolute pearler came through. Uh, and I love chatting about this stuff. What's your favourite jersey of all time in the NBA? Um, ben, I'm going to start with you. Um, right, what, what, te- what NBA team did you follow? I was an OKC Thunder fan okay. before I started working in media and now I'm a bit of an atheist when it yeah. comes to teams. But right. jersey-wise... those. So you were, you were Seattle Supersonics before OKC? It was or Seattle Supersonics yeah, 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 when yeah, I was okay. in high school with the green and gold. Then yeah, Kevin Durant got drafted. Good jerseys there. Quality oh, yeah. jerseys yep. and hopefully they get their team back in yep. a couple of years. But yeah, jerseys-wise, the Miami Vice jerseys yes. that came okay. out earlier, Very good. about a decade ago now, the black one of that, oh, elite. I yep. picked that one up when I was in the States and yep. yeah, I think that's a great look. Did you get a number on the back? I did. I got very cliche. Dwayne Wade. I oh, need to can't stand needed Dwayne to Wade. do it. <laughs> really? Where yeah. does that come from? Oh, 2006 finals against the Mavs. Um, oh, not because oh, he's a horrible he's human. You're just no, um, that's, that's yeah, the referee's fault, it. not Dwayne Wade's fault. Yeah. Then 2011 on. finals, he was mocking Dirk Nowitzki. But that, uh, that one turned the out. The father right? up there. That did. Yeah, that turned out great for the Mavs because they won. Um, Greg, favorite NBA jersey? You I'm can, a you vintage guy. Yeah. So, like, on top of my head, like the Toronto Raptors, Vince Carter, like the actual. I feel like even with jerseys, look at the NBL and design, very basic. Like yep. I'm, you know, I, I want colour. I yeah. want something different. So like even, you know, they don't enjoy the team uniform. Like it's like the city name. So when you actually had like a dinosaur, like yeah. that was good. <laughs> uh, yep. The old school Atlanta Hawks jersey, uh, with, Matumbo, with, with yeah, the, um, like with the, the actual Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep, that nice. one. And then and then a, a sucker for the old Nuggets with the city skyline. Yep. Um, I think I like I used to have an English one, so. Uh, yeah, Alex right. English. So, yeah, I like I love my old school ones. Um, I did like when Bro- when New Jersey went to Brooklyn. Um, I was yep. all about. It. I don't know whether it's just because of it's a new franchise, yeah. you know. You got swept up by yeah, Jay Z. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, correct. <laughs> like got bought into <laughs> the hype. Back on. <laughs> yeah, and like bought a hat. Like went straight into <laughs> like uh, Foot Locker, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking yeah. A, a hat. But um, yeah, can't, the Miami Vice jersey definitely mm. is uh, one of my favourites if you're looking at it currently. But I'm a vintage man, old yep. school, grey hair. The, the, know, um, the one with the red Raptor on the yes. on the front, yes. like in the purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's well, iconic. It's actually so my young son. He's um, like just started basketball, yep. um, and yeah, we we were. I was like, well, what jersey do I buy him? You know, yep. like. 
you know, he, he's all about animals. So he's not going, you know, he was like, is there a lion? Is there a leopard? Is there a tiger? And I'm like, no, nah, yep. mate, like, you know, looking <laughs> at the kings or Lakers <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, like even a flame, he doesn't understand it. Yep. And so when I was showing him, he like dinosaurs are his favourite thing. When I yes. asked him for six months, what is his favourite thing in life? Dinosaurs was yep. number one, loves Jurassic Park. Yep. And so there was this like little moment where he was like, Dad, I want this one. And it was this Vince Carter. So his birthday is in, in 13 days and he's got like a Vince Carter jersey. Great. And I'm like... Awesome. Does he know that? No, nah, or okay. he, he asked, like he's yeah, got sure. it. So, But it's like one of those where I'm like, I'm going to be that dad where I'll get myself one and like wear it. It's <laughs> oh, like when he could get twins. Jays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm going to get Great. the same Jordan. So yep. um, it's a sort of a cool thing that like even... Yeah, because I was like hoping he doesn't choose some like real, you know, bad, uh, you know, like a Bobcats like <laughs> sort of jersey. <laughs> Does he have a team? Uh, no, I mean that's that will literally be it. Be yeah, it, I reckon yeah. for the Raptors, like not bad. You know, he likes if we go AFL, he he likes the Eagles because it's front and centre. But if we're going Eagles and say the Hawks or like the Cats, he's like. Hate a cat, like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. He, he's all about the mascot, not the team. So yeah, cool. for a, for a moment there, it's yeah. Cool. I like the um the old Vancouver Grizzlies. Yes, um, cool. it's the light yes. blue with the grizzly on it, yeah, and they sort of brought it. those back for yeah. um where are they now? Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, um, they look cool with Jamarant. They do while he's flying. Um, and then also I like the Denver Rainbow, well, not Rainbow, but the multicolored city skyline. City skyline. That yeah. is elite. Um, and then this is a bias pick, but the green Dallas Mavericks uh, okay. vintage. With the um, Mavs. With the Mavs, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. um, they've also got like this like thin lettered Dallas one, which is quite cool. But um, I think the Vancouver Grizzlies, it's fun. Like you said, like jerseys now are so boring. Like they're so straight, and, uh, straight up and down. I agree. So. And I think it's the storylines too. Like I look at the goal set when they bring that back, but it's like I think of Baron Davis dunking mm. all, all over uh, Kirilenko. Yes. And that like jersey is like synonymous. That's iconic. Yeah. With that like you, and you look at that and you're like the whole um, element or when that Warriors team was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's always those like, even when the team's not that good, like Latrell Sprewell, like uh, old school Harold Minor, like Heat these days, like the teams that are just like, if you ask basketball when you're growing up and obviously our age, it's like guys that you don't really know of. Yeah. Um, but they're like in the pinnacle. Um, yeah. So it's always, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously maybe sponsorship, but like I would even like, you know, in the Wildcats, like they're the one option. It's like in the indigenous designs, like mm-hmm. something that's completely different and yeah. you're just like, yeah, this is how it should be incorporated instead of just block work and yeah. you know, a same template that some designers gone, here you go. Like, yeah, think outside the box. Like, yeah. be different. Yeah. Be different. Uh, yeah, yeah, love it. Love that. Um, all right. So you did, you did uh, mention AFL. Uh, a little bit there, and look, we're in Perth, um, and we, you know, we all sort of follow footy here. The trade period ended today. Um, mm. It's Wednesday, and this will get released on a Wednesday this time. Sorry for everyone <laughs> who I said it will be released Wednesday. There's some issues that went out on a Thursday, but yes, we are on a weekly Wednesday schedule. Um, AFL trade period finished, but the NBL, like my dad here, and NBL, they don't really do trades, but there is yeah. like a bit of player movement. What's your experience been with? Um, players moving teams in the NBL because it's I very different. I reckon I wouldn't rule it out happening in due time. I just don't think the salaries uh, compete with it right now, right? Like if mm. you've got a guy that's on 80, 90, $100,000 to be able to uh, do it, like it's just impossible to uproot a family or, you know, yes. like yep. rip up a, a rental agreement <laughs> for that. Um, 
there's always been talk and, and especially around this time you know like AFL and we said like what would happen if NBL would you you know would you be up and, and against it there's been even from the NBL Players Association discussing uh, discussions around that but I don't think um, you had a point right like if you had marquee guys and contracts that are maybe like two or three years mm. funny story uh, and it it's not really shared. Well, it wouldn't be really shared. So Matt Nielsen uh, actually spoke about this when he was... He's uh, a former Perth Wildcats assistant coach. Assistant coach, now current San Antonio Spurs assistant coach. But um, when he was 18, 19, he was with the Sydney Kings and he was, um, you know, uh, you know he, he missed training sessions because he was down at Penrith on Mad Monday celebrating. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one of the most, inc- like, just genuine human beings in the world, one of the funnest guys. But he was telling us that... At that time, as a 18, 19 year old guy, I was sort of at this this crossroads of career, like where's he at? And the Sydney Kings actually reached out to the Perth Wildcats and offered him as a trade. Like they said, we want to, uh, you sign Matt Nielsen and we want Scott Fisher. Um, oh, wow. And I'm pretty sure, and that, it was never going to happen because there was never any trade. So it was sort of like this. It's just like a handshake under the table. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like take this guy, this young kid, um, and like, and I think the Wildcats didn't even maintain it because they were like, Matt Nielsen, like 18, 19, Scott Fisher, like yeah. a pioneer of yeah. know, <laughs> the, the NBL at that time. In essence, like Nelly ended up being one of the greatest NBL players and one of the most revered Sydney Kings players of all time. So it's sort yep. of yep. like really ironic, but I even just like would marvel to think how does that conversation even happening? But he only found out like from a comment. It wasn't like his ownership group, and then he sort of was like so, so insulted, like, "Are they really trading me?" Or it could have been <laughs> even the way Walcott's may have approached Sydney or something yeah, like right. that. So, um, but to think like back, however many years ago, that a trade could have happened, and it would have been this like the one-off NBL yeah. trade of all time. So, yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. And and I think when you talk trade movements or off-season movements, you think about there's only about six or eight prominent agents in the NBL. And yeah, so, right. you know, it's even like when you're talking uh, contracts, you're like, you know where you're at the pecking order. I remember when I, like I had an agent, Jeff McGuire, and he would have, you know, maybe, let's just say example, he's like uh, Todd Blanfield, Mitch Creek, um, Finn Delaney and uh, Thomas Abercrombie. So you're like, I have to wait for <laughs> the, all these guys <laughs> to get signed. And I was speaking to a guy in the off-season this year where he was basically going uh, at that time, uh, Todd, Todd Blanchfield just, you know, shopping himself around every single club and going around. And it was like the domino effect that he was like, man, he's getting a way better deal and yep. I'm going to have to wait till yep. he signs. So mm. it's a sort of bit with the NBL and the Australian landscape, like it's like even agents knowing what that is. And as Did you that make know. it hard? Because, yeah, there's only a handful of agents and a few more are trying to get into it now. Like even Ben Simmons' brother is setting up an agency and yeah. really trying to get a foothold because it's been just a couple of powerful agents, hasn't it, for so long down Mate, there. absolutely. And I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean you've you've got you know, Daniel Moldovan and his group and the Mogul group and and, and you are starting to get it a bit, a bit distinct. But I think they'll always have that control because if a guy's established like his Moldovan's like sort of key, do you want to be Josh Giddy? You know, yeah. like here's that selling point and that's tough, right, in the Australian yeah. market. So, but it definitely when I was playing, you're sort of like looking at that and going realistically the agent is going you know like if you're competing at two guys in their percentage you know and i can get 150 for him and 110 i'm trying to chase more for this guy because i know i'm going to make more money and so you're sort of sitting there hence why in my last year and my last four or five years i was like i'm 
realistically, um, I knew the landscape and it's changed so much because the salary cap sort of changed up. But I was like, I know my ceiling. I know where I'm at. Well, I know my floor. I didn't have an agent. I had uh, I consulted legal advice in terms of the contract matters, but I was like, I'm going to save money here, like yeah. realistically. And um, yeah, one year I was a free agent. Uh, Rob Beveridge was a coach. And so basically... Um, he just hit me up personally because he knew me and I was like, all right, I'll just negotiate here and um, use right. that to my advantage. Like, okay, yeah. and went straight back to Oxford. This is what I'm getting. So saved myself a 7.5% agent's nice. fee. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, very good. You know, uh, was able to negotiate it that way. Yeah. So. Is there many players that, that take that route? No, nah, I wouldn't think so anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I know like obviously like Tom Jervis when he came back after he retired, similar, same situation. Um but I think obviously the salary cap has significantly changed. You know, like yeah. when I first started, I was getting $6,000 as a development player, you know, <laughs> working three jobs and just like, I loved it, but was going, you know, there's not that scope. Whereas now development players, you know, as we're seeing currently in the NBL, Lockie Dent um, playing major minutes, Owen Foxwell for South East Melbourne, you know, playing major minutes. Like, so the salary for them now is fifty two, fifty three thousand dollars. You know, right. like now, well, that's not significant from an AFL standpoint. Yeah, but at least you, you can, can like basically that. make it your full time gig. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're playing six months of the year, and then they 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 go, and they're obviously um, stars in the NBL one competition, and that's mm. increased. You know, now they can earn twenty five, thirty thousand dollars. So that yeah. seems more reasonable. You know, like seventy five, eighty thousand dollars for a year, and hopefully they get a contract. So. I think that, I mean, in essence, that's what you want. You know, then you're now not competing maybe with the AFL market and you're seeing those guys sort of stay. So um, in essence, for the the competition to grow, that's where you you need that anyway, for sure. Great. All right, well, let's go from some AFL stuff to uh, more basketball, NBA news. Draymond Green... um, that's announced today, Draymond Green will play opening night. So there was some talks around him. Is he going to be suspended? Um, so it turns out he's just always received as a fine. Um, this is on the back of him punching Jordan. I wonder how Jordan. much this fine is though. Well, and also <laughs> they, they apparently the Warriors could only fine him a certain amount. There's like a max amount. Yeah, so I don't okay. know what that is, but I assume it's probably close to the max. And for him, it's, it's nothing. He's got a, a hundred million plus. Well, he's looking for a big payday, isn't he? Yeah, yeah that's right. So um, he, he punches Jordan Poole. Straight in the face. Um, the video leaked out of uh, from TMZ. Thank you, TMZ, for sharing that with the world. <laughs> and uh, it, funnily enough, it was reported initially as just, you know, Jordan uh, Poole was struck by Draymond Green in practice. There's a bit of a scuffle. They've sorted it out and move on. Then this video gets leaked and it's like, oh, shit, that's actually a big deal. Mm. Um, what was your first reaction, Greg, when you saw that punch? Oh, it's funny and how... Uh, polarizing Draymond Zane and how my feelings about him have just changed so significantly over the years. You know, like I'm yep. all for the underdog story, and when you you can't help but like admire a guy from Michigan State, second round draft pick, role player that yep. now becomes this. Uh, I think the most significant piece on that team, like in terms of embracing that. Yeah. But I, one of my pet peeves in life is when someone makes it, their whole personality changes, you know, in terms of their whole dynamics. Just a yep. guy that's not really gracious anymore, you know, like yep. doesn't... Yeah, he, he goes, I acknowledge, uh, yeah, I'm a guy from Saginaw um, and I've had it tough, but now I'm just the business, like I'm the best player in the world. And don't get me wrong, he is in a very important uh, cog of that piece. But yep let's not ignore the fact that Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are the reason why they win. Exactly. Um, so when I saw this and even his reaction, and then uh, there's only a few days later, the un- uninterrupted uh, piece talking about, you know, playing 
crap opposition yep. when LeBron's right next to him and yep. they yep. were pretty bad last year the Lakers let's like yeah uh, agree to that so I just like li- that and for me I look at that whole role model sort of thing and I know like Charles Barkley and all these guys we're not role models right but yeah look at that and you know I'm not saying you know there's some things I haven't been proud about that I've done on the court for sure but you know if if a kid sees the NBA player and it's not like a clean hit like Jordan Paul turned away like it was a you know if yeah. that was happening in public people like, calling that's it a bit of a sucker punch mate it absolutely yeah. is um yeah I just not about it you know like there's no doubt there's been um animosity shown at training like there's physical sort of gone but it's sort of similar to footy right like yep. where yeah. you know nothing's ever going to happen like yeah. it's the sort of yeah yeah and you do that maybe. but to actually see it and then steve kerr sort of in a way it's sort of like um not in a way allow it. it's a pass i just don't think yep. it's a good look um no doubt have i wanted to punch teammates for sure but have i ever done it no like yeah. Physically violent. On that, like you said, Dan, they try to cover it up as NBA teams yeah. do. Like in your experience of playing professionally, were there was there anything that comes to mind of something that happened at training where you were saying one thing to the media to kind of hide it and deflect away, but underneath the oh. surface there was definitely chaos going yeah, on? Yeah, mate, absolutely. Like every single... Uh, yeah, and Dan, anything that was there as a media <laughs> team at the Wildcats, <laughs> yeah. you're like laughing around like the amount of things that we're yeah. sort of hiding. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, look, from a, a fracas and all that sort of stuff, like there's no doubt that's been had. You know, I remember uh, like one year um, sitting there, you know, we, the, the, the year we had JP, uh, JP Tokido and Clint Steindl was like one of the most disruptive years all year, very frustrating time on and off the court. And, yeah, JP would uh, like, yeah, get into it with Clint all the time. Um, and <laughs> so... Clint, of all people? Yeah. Um, yeah, not really sure. Like, JP was just a very unique cat where it just got frustrated. I think, you know, didn't handle um, the pressure that comes with being a Wildcats player. Like, yeah. And we saw that last year with, with Scott Morrison. Like, uh, that pressure, like, creates cracks, you know, and, and if not resolved, can, and you burst at the seams. And so I think, you know, JP came in here with, a, with an illusion and you sort of put on a pedestal as a as a, as an import, right? Like yeah. before you even play a game, like you, you fly in, you look at the back page of a newspaper and there's an image of you, right? Like literally the Wildcats are putting you on this, this, yeah. this pedestal. Yeah, before you've done right? anything. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, marketing teams, you know, they, they showcase that. And so unfortunately then that means, you know, imports are front and centre of when res- results don't come your way, you're going to get blamed. Yep. Um, so I think with the Wildcats, like, you know, the way we try and I'm more than likely would be a lot different to what he was accustomed to at UNC and even the NBA where um, you're going like you Mm. know it's physical um, you're challenging each other Um, again like frustrations can boil and when you're not winning games and so I think unfortunately Clint was just the the receiving end of that Um, I had that year where I was out a lot with injuries so I more likely would have been the the result of that I no doubt would have been the result of that so (laughs) But again, it was, in essence, like, yeah, you hide that from the, like, it's not like, does that Melbourne United go look at that if they saw that vision and were like, um, you know, that's like, they're, they're, they're not together. To yeah. be honest, I actually reckon teams that I've seen strategically leak that vision. You know, I've seen that where they, they show that to show it's a united front, like they're, they're yep. a bit, uh, up and about. Internally, though, that's an issue, right? Like we, at that time when I saw that, I was like, we're not as strong 
uh, team and we got rolled in the first round of the playoffs and it was no it was an easy relationship or correlation to see that I just think the NBA sports is different right mm-hmm. like that's being acceptance so if, if if we saw that in AFL or that we would not condone it you know like yeah. we would um, would not be acceptable um, you know so I think American sports and even the way you know even looking at the social media you know when I looked on to I wanted to see what it was it was sort of like Oh, Jordan Poole should have expected it. He pushed him. Yeah, yeah like, that's right. Yeah. No one right. expects to get <laughs> after a shove. And it was like, you know, he, not over was it done. Like you make that, you know, if I made a poor decision, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, wow, I, like I've done something wrong here. He was standing over the top of him like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go. Um, yeah. So, yeah, very unique situation. Um and I, I actually enjoy the commentary that was going on former, uh, sorry, other NBA players, yeah. Damien, yeah. Uh, sort of, uh, <laughs> Trey Young, like, Trey yeah. was trying to do the best to get to LA. Get to that LA, was actually yeah. pretty, uh, yeah, hilarious. that's right. The, um, the thing I found, because I asked Will about this on, on Backchat about, you know, if he's ever seen blows um, at training. And he was like, not really, but, you know, you, I think the difference is you can, with footy, you can actually be really physical. Like you can tackle someone. If you're pissed at them, you could hurt them a bit like with that. But basketball, like if someone's like, like slapping you on a hand or like getting under your skin, like you can't, like how do you, you can't just like, I'm going to dunk on them to like make you feel better. Like, yeah, so but you can definitely yeah. be violent. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like I remembered a few times uh, early in my career, Brad Robinson, Sean Reddish, like Sean Reddish would tow the line of white line. Uh, he tows the line of white line fever in a, you know, people love to call him floppage and, and like, you know, <laughs> on that moment of doing that. Sean would do that at training. And, like, you'd be mad too. Like, you know, yep. he'd be there. Like, people think he does that at games. No, like, he would, yeah, he'd take a charge and, and be like, mate, don't do that. Like, it's a two-on-two two drill. Or <laughs> he'd be running down and the ball was being thrown and Sean would stop, like, in the middle as you're running and you'd just smash into him. And you're like, Sean, I'm your teammate. <laughs> um, so Robbo would just like, like there was times Robbo just like, I don't care and would run through him. And what would that do? Sean would never do that again, right? And <laughs> yeah. like you, you sort of learn that lesson. But Sean actually would do it like a month later. He's just like, yeah, just had this desire to win. I mean, talking about that though, there's a pretty good footage of Scully and, uh, and JK like, Oh yeah, like running around trying yeah. to, and I was like, Scoey's trying to like kick him in the shins <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. fully grabbing him. Everything yeah. like looks comical in yeah. terms of just and like JK handled it like an absolute yeah. Yeah. champion. Yeah, he um they said that they um the the coaches thought that they'd passed out at the end because they were both on the floor <laughs> and they went really hard and they said they said that uh, apparently they talked about it before like let's go as hard as possible like where the veterans to here, finish the drill to f- yeah, yeah to finish yeah. the drill um I can't remember the name of the drill it's called like the, the something drill and yeah. um you just go as hard as possible and so yeah that's good that's good vision um one more thing on the Draymond uh, thing I, I do know that they said that we're gonna let um the teammates decide so yeah. the, the front office isn't gonna say all right Draymond you're suspended we're gonna put this to the teammates and say you know what what do you reckon would happen at like uh, you've played the Wildcats. Um, so that's probably the only yeah. place you can if that was to happen in training do you think the boys would go like you yeah, know what and, let's we, just and we've done that before like with guys and team rules you know like being late and we and that's the strong culture I guess in, in that essence again it's like hard to compare the two because I reckon that they're so combustible and they look at it going like Draymond Green the contract situation with him Jordan yep. Paul that contract situation they know yep. Draymond's pretty important to that piece and they know that 
I don't think he's going to accept, you know, if you're like you're suspended, similar to the Kevin Durant situation. I, I, I look at that and go, I reckon that's half the reason why he left. He was like, man, I'm not playing with this guy anymore, yeah. you know. So yeah. um, I honestly think the team just goes, yeah, hopefully if Jordan Poole, um, you know, he gets paid and, and understands that and moves on. and yep. um, But they know if Draymond, they're sort of – that. They held ransom, right? Like, they, yeah, uh, a little I bit. I think it almost helps Jordan Poole get paid now, doesn't it? Because you almost Correct. need to get him paid before the season starts. And then once he's taken care of, either Draymond toes the line and they win, or if it doesn't work, they can just shake their hands at the end of the season. Yeah. And he can go to LA or go Move play in on. Charlotte yeah. with one of those meaningless teams that he talked about. I think yeah. that's the ironic thing for me because he probably wants one last big contract. Yeah. And any team apart from the Warriors competing for a title is not going to be giving Draymond Green $100 million. So it's kind of put in a position now where he almost has to behave himself if he wants to stay in Golden State and if he wants to get that big payday. Mm. He, he's a he's a, he's in a great player, but he's in the perfect system for him. 100%. And that's yeah. what I don't think. I think he doesn't realise that. And even I think Golden State go, can we find a... A replacement. No one's going to be Draymond in terms of defensive intensity and vision and and yep. and that what um, and the relationships he's built with a few of those guys. But in saying that, like, there's no doubt. Sort of the guys that receive that massive payday, they move to the next club. You know, it's similar to what Ben Wallace was with Detroit Pistons, where he was a pivotal pivotal piece, helps them win a championship, then gets a payday at Chicago Bulls, and he's just not that guy. It's just not yep, that yeah. system. And it'll be the exact same similar thing with Draymond. Like, yep. it's not like he goes and goes, oh, I can shoot all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> that's yeah, an issue. Yeah, backpack he, on his back. <laughs> correct. Like, so yep. there's there's two guys by the name of Clay Thompson and Steph Curry that are carrying him. He plays his role perfectly, but it's sort of going to be this... It's so funny how um, cyclical the NBA is, isn't it? I sent you the article from Pat Riley from 30 years ago mm. talking about the disease of more and what happens after you win. Yeah. And the NBA is its own ecosystem, as you know, but... It's quite funny, isn't it, that every five years or so, the same cycle keeps happening and Draymond's at the point now where he's got his podcast, he's on the shop yep. with LeBron and transitioning to another phase of life, which is totally fair and understandable. He's had a great career. Mm. But, yeah, getting that one last payday on the way out, it's just interesting it's beyond what it is going to be in Golden State if he's still there and you mentioned Dan before, letting the, letting the players decide on the punishment. Yeah, of course the players are going to probably want him back out there on opening night. Imagine Jordan Poole going, no, I'm not playing with him. (laughs) This is not going to happen. That's like the Warriors being very smart. Like, we don't have to make a decision. We'll leave it with the players knowing full well probably what they're going to do. So, yeah. Absolutely. And you've got some old heads like Andre Godala and all that sort of going. Somehow still on the team. Yeah. Um, Keep signing them deals. Yes, even like Haslam. I read an article where (laughs) he was like, I'm not a charity case. I was like, um, mate. mate, He's just got the best cheerleading job in the world. He to train every day. For about five games. seasons, I'm like, has him still on the team? They, there's a statistic showing p- minutes per, like, you know, uh, getting paid per minutes, and it's like John Wall, you know, like oh, obviously yeah, hasn't, you know, yeah. in the last few years, and Haslam's like top three, and then <laughs> there's obviously some like legit superstars with like Giannis and LeBron yep. and, you know, um, the, these names, and then you're like, look, I know I'm off, mate. <laughs> I got carried a lot in my career. I'm not, <laughs> not for the fact I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a superstar, but I also know at, at a point in my life, I'm like, if I'm playing nine minutes for a, for a whole season... Um, yeah. Was it last year where he came into his first game and got ejected after five minutes? Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, he's like, and then he's yelling against uh, Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah. yeah so. uh, let's, let's bring it home to the NBL. Um, 
Brisbane Bullets signed Massive. Um, we got an Australian, so it's not technically an import. So they got a huge signing in Aaron Baines uh, in the off season, which looked like Brisbane were going to be competing, um, you know, for that one of the top spots. Hasn't really worked out that way. What have you seen of Brisbane, Ben? No, you're exactly right. I thought the first game they played in Perth, mm. they jumped the Wildcats, and you're thinking, oh, this is looking all right. Aaron Baines was dropping back on defense and doing his thing. And the last two and a half games since then, it's just fallen off, hasn't it? They lost mm. to Tassie over the weekend. And we're already starting to see the rumours and the media speculation about the head coach, which maybe it's justified, maybe it's not. But yeah, I think the biggest observation I've got is watching Aaron Baines come back to the NBL. And it's almost like he's been playing at a different level over the past decade. Mm. And you can see him trying to implement what he wants to implement with the Bullets. But they just haven't clicked so far. And they're 0-3, as I say, the coach is under pressure. My good friend Olgan is tweeting out whether his job's on the line and a few bits and pieces. So it's weird to say, isn't it, Greg, that it could be a must win and they need to get their act together three weeks into the season. But it really seems like they need to get a win this weekend. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. And James uh, alluded to it when Aaron signed was like, you know, there's an expectation. And, and by golly, there is. And they have been disappointing, I think. You know, I actually had them in my top four and even a championship contender. Um, looking at their roster, and obviously we know, yeah, championships aren't uh, won on the paper, but their pre-season form was really good. My just disappointment has just been on their lack of intensity um, and lack of hunger. Like, could understand against the Wildcats, but there's a clear lack of leadership. Um, and and what I'm talking about that, no, you, you've got leaders in, in Jason Kadee and Nathan Sobey and Aaron Baines. But I think they're lacking just this like sort of a glue guy that when things aren't rolling, that they're able to bring someone in and go, hey, we need like what you saw that with the Wildcats in that very first game. And you saw that against um, when they just played Illawarra. Jesse comes on and when the game is in this toing and froing and who's going to make an impact, yep. takes two big charges, yep. right? Like puts the body in the line. And I'm not seeing that right now with Brisbane. Like, and that's where you do need a DJ. Um, uh, Mitchell, you know, uh, Tanner Krebs. Um, like, even though, though those guys need to just be selfless and go, hey, like, I'm going to just do the grunt work. I might get, an, uh, you know, like, just these high uh, energy players, Greg hustle Hires. players. Yeah, mate, absolutely. But, <laughs> He's available. He's in but, um, <laughs> Not now. But, but but you need someone to, to do that. That changed. And, and that's mm. what changed. Tassie and Brisbane were flying up 16 and things were rolling. And you just saw it, like play by play by play by play with Tassie. It's, that's the Australian League. Like, you know, yep, absolutely scoring's on the up, but you can get uh, games done. And, you know, we saw it. I, I honestly think the pressure is on James Duncan. I think a bit more so because, um, you know, obviously the ambitions of Aaron Baines is to uh, stay um, – or to, to be able to play at a level that puts him in the NBA and mm. not playing in overtime. If they start lose, if they don't win a game and they're eight or nine and they're not even in playoff consideration, I see Aaron sort of pulling the pin in a way and going, well, what's the best way for me to get in the NBA? Do I, you know, shut up shop here and just prepare and hopefully a team brings me yep. in. Um, sort of like Lamelo. Correct. Did yeah, absolutely. Was, was it Lamella? Lamella? Yeah. yeah, he shut it yeah. down um, halfway through the year. But yeah. in saying this Still though as well, the year. I think there's this romanticization around Aaron Baines too. Like I, I would, um, you know, there was a few moments like he's a he's a big unit maybe and I didn't realise he's 37. I thought he was a bit younger than that. But we love that he's back in the league, mm. no doubt. But um, at some point we got to go, 
is the impact that uh, we what we expecting? And I don't think currently like there's moments there in the game against Tassie where he's backing down Jared Bairstow and he and he airballs. Now, <laughs> I think he's a uh, he's a way better player than that, absolutely. And he's still finding his feet, no doubt. And the whole story about him playing. Um, for sure, it's awesome. Like, yeah, you know, just getting back on the court. Yeah, for people that don't know, he literally was was in a hospital bed. Correct. With a, it was a spinal. Yeah, and um, I and I want to yeah acknowledge the seriousness. But there's at a point now where it's, yeah it's zero and three, and they're going if we're serious contenders, they need to go, to go from here. And I think that's where Aaron like he needs to have this game where it's just twenty eight fifteen and and he's like. Yeah, I'm ready now. The man. He do you need think he's capable of that still? Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, I think that the the system, um, no doubt. But I think even from who's stopping him on a rebound, you know. And I think the fitness level and what he does, whether that's sort of changed, and can he can he play eight minute bursts? Maybe that's a four or five minute where he goes. But I think it's similar to what we saw with Lauren Jackson, right? Yeah. You never lose class. Um, sort of more subdued. I think you go, Bainsey, Like we need you here. Hey, mate, even set a massive screen on someone and level someone out. Like, I think he's playing kind and he's playing gentle and he's just, like, trying to find his feet in the league. But at some point, that's what they need, a little bit of grunt and grit because that's what Aaron Baines is known for. That must be hard, right? Because you've played NBL 1 in the NBL and they're different levels. Yep. And in the NBA, Aaron Baines was a role player. He was a very good role player, but he would set screens, he would roll, he would rebound and shoot threes. That was his – 90% of his action was just those things. Back in the NBL, I think there's almost this expectation that he does more now. Like, what? How much of a challenge is that for an athlete when you're gravitating between leagues and having to? He's probably got the skills to do it, definitely in the NBL. But it would have been a decade plus since he's had to do that and take over games. And I think we under, and that's a, such a such an invaluable comment. I, I agree. You know, look at Delhi, well Ben. Um, <laughs> I've got one from an NBL player. <laughs> yeah, I think you look at Delhi last year. Right, there was this expectation he was going to come in and tear the league apart. Yeah. Um, and realistically, like he had a great like season, and he's back of the Sacramento Kings because they rely, like, like they they know what they had to expect from him. But when you're playing for say 10, 12 years in a role that you're accustomed to, yeah, it's tough. And yeah, it's a massive jump from just being a role player. In the, that's why we've seen so many guys. Um, think yeah, you know, Steve Blake when he was, came over here for the Sydney Kings, I like, that was, even happened, yeah, yeah. like Johnny Flynn, like a lot of yeah. these like big name guys, like NBA guys, even Alan Williams right now, who's at South East Melbourne, who's had some good numbers. One, they go, oh, like I'm being, I'm in the NBA, like you know, I'd rather take an import that's been dominating, you know, at a certain level internationally for a couple of years before, the, or a role guy because. Yeah, they just, um, it's tough. I think the one guy that actually did it the best because they, it, it's the difference of playing hard is Josh Childress. Josh Childress is the hardest guy I've ever had to go against because he was like, I'm going to compete. Like, I know. You almost my, killed Jesse Wagstaff. Yeah, correct. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what we're talking about <laughs> um, throwing punches. Yeah. But that's where I think, yeah, like uh, Bainesy and. Plus, the other thing is, like, you know, when you, you've got some exceptional talent, right? Like, uh, whether it's at the Spurs or Pistons or mm. Phoenix, like, or even at the Boomers when he's on the court and there's a pick and roll and Paddy Mills is going and they just throw out a lob, he can deal with that. Like, right now, Sobey's still finding his feet. I don't think he's at the level he's accustomed to. Jason Kadee, you know, like... Um, and, and we've got... Um, uh, Johnson. Uh, no, not Johnson, who's uh, the shooting guard. Uh, from Brooklyn for Brisbane. Oh, Lefty. Um, Tal- oh, yeah, Tyler. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, yeah. Oh, looks like there we Mo's go. from yeah. the office. I was like fully stumped <laughs> in. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Stitched me up. No, but Tyler, like, and even that, 
Like the guy was five from six, I think, or five from seven heading into the fourth. Like, if you're five from seven, you're not shooting enough, you know. And so I think, yeah, you know, these these guys. Uh, look again, I think um, it comes to a point. But I don't know their coach, James Duncan's still there. Like, uh, like I think they need. You know, that's where it would be good. Mika Vakona is now at Tassie as a consultant. It'd be the perfect opportunity for Mika to be at Brisbane going, lads, mm. you know what I mean? Like, if yep. we don't pick it up, jobs are on the line. You yep. know what I mean? Uh, they'll make a change. And so I think uh, that's the difference. And, and that's where you, that's culture. Like, guarantee that's not doing the Wildcats. Um, you know, even Tassie, you know, with that sort of stuff ingrained sort of thing that they'll, they'll make sure they perform. Yep. All right, let's do one more before you have to go. You're you're up to about to go coach your son for the very first time <laughs> yes. in basketball. I don't envy that. Um, uh, are you going to be like harder on the son no, type no thing or, I, or I, mate, give I've him more been, opportunity? No, I have been um, dreading this moment, yeah. right? Because I hate abuse. And so me and social media, like when someone says something bad about me, it really affects me. Yep. Um, and so I've been like trying to get my son away from like – any sport like like yeah. love it but i was like oh yeah do footy because then i don't really care and so all of a sudden he is just ha- infatuated with basketball to the point right. where then but i was been doing i was kicking i was like you know what's all about having fun right like mm. i was the very first drills i didn't know what i was doing i was playing the toilet game where you play tag and you pretend to flush a toilet <laughs> so i was like man i'm a you know, big kid so now my son is like doing this but i've got uh, nine kids have never played a game of basketball in their life, don't know the rules. And I Great. know my, my son's talent level. So today's our very first training session. Yep. I'm petrified. Like, okay. you know, I, I speak to strangers about mental health and I am more nervous than <laughs> I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and in terms of that, now, nah, mate, my son, like, I'll be equal rotations. I don't, you Whatever. know, you know what the worst thing in life is uh, ugly parents. And so yeah. um, the only thing I'm looking forward to is. At the end of season, like they buy me um, a gift, and like I'm a big fan of Kraken, uh, K- KFC right. badges, whip a snapper distillery, <laughs> yeah, love a whiskey. Yeah, so there's, there's my because I don't okay. generally buy so things doing for it myself. For the presents. Absolutely, yeah, sure. Okay, I used to play um, I w- for cool yeah, yeah, mate, you're a no, Coolbinia Bombers. When I played time champion. When I, yeah, no, we never won a premiership with the Coolbinia Bombers, but but the um, coach's son played, and he was so bad, and he kept playing him all the time. It was really frustrating. Yeah. All right, let's go one more thing. What uh, was his name? Might as well say it. The kid's name. Was Gavin? I can't. Rem- oh, I can't remember what Gavin Crossley. No. <laughs> I can't remember. What, I can't remember what the coach's name was. But Gavin, if you're some somehow listening, you know you're bad. <laughs> um, let's go, Victor Wembanyama. Um, what a guy! What a guy! So we talked about him last week, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him probably every week on the podcast because he's some sort of. Um, so Alien. at first, people were talking about him as a unicorn. Like, talking Luke Jackson unicorn. No, Victor. Uh, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, uh, he's a unicorn. Yeah. So LeBron said he's not a unicorn. He's an alien. Like we've never seen this. So um, a few things have been said about him. Uh, best tra- draft prospect potentially since LeBron. Yeah. Um, I think that's Luka Doncic, but I'm biased. <laughs> um, and Richard Jefferson came out and said, if if Wembenyama and LeBron were in the same yeah. draft group, you'd pick Wembenyama first. Um, which I think that's whatever. That's just uh, Richard Jefferson saying stuff that's to get in social media. Yeah, absolutely, he's very smart. And he's very good at it. Um, have you played with any sort of? Because these people are like few and far between, but sometimes they show one little spark and then they they go away like have you had any sort of experience playing yeah, with unfortunately these? not when i read the run sheet i was like thinking along that and i was like nah like who was the tallest really. person you played against um tom jervis i reckon yeah like in the in the nbl but like yeah you're not comparing him to you <laughs> he's a he's a, a baby <laughs> giraffe yeah <laughs> um yeah like not not to that level i think 
Yeah, I mean, you look at, yeah, I mean, even um, Pazingis and Nowitzki yep. and like those yep. guys. This guy's next level, right? Like, it's funny to see Adam Silver say, oh, no team should be tanking. I, mate, yep. if I had no, if I wasn't even thinking about winning, I am resting all my we, guys. We said this last week. If you want some cheap basketball, go to San Antonio or Oklahoma yep. City or Salt Lake City in April. Greg Popovich. Uh, who I mean, he's going to retire any moment, yeah, surely. Absolutely. But if he gets Victor Wembanyama, I'm sure he just goes. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I know. Every it's like it's that's a, that's like like it's James Duncan like with Aaron Baines. Like sweet, any coach goes. I've got like one or two years, and if I yeah. don't develop this, like, and I'm not a championship contender, I'm done. The yeah. only thing I I hate about like the NBA, it's like what we're seeing right now. Ch- Holgram is like guys in that uh, figure or uh, you know the, the body. They just like they work with them and then they get hurt for a year and then you got to miss out like for like a year or two yep. to, the, yep. to that, that level. So, um, what I do hope is like he gets to an OKC or if he giddy or goes to a franchise like New Orleans, which won't be because they're playoff, but like someone that's like good, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, no, like a, a, a budding good team. Like, if, yeah, if he ends up like say, like. Charlotte. Just botting it out. Yeah. <laughs> botting me out for, bottoming out for the next yeah. little while. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Victor Wembanyama. Ben, I'm going to I mean, just call you, it who Wembanyama. Who played with? I mean, obviously not Gavin. <laughs> no, Gavin. Um, uh, I played uh, – so basketball-wise, I don't think I've ever played with um, – oh, there's this really tall guy that plays at Warwick Leisure Centre. And Josh he Garp. always palms the yeah. ball. Yeah, Josh Garp. He's, he's tall. Um, you may have actually come across this guy at Warwick Leisure Centre. Um, this guy, he palms the ball everywhere. Like, he always, he just plays one-handed. He has one-handed floaters. He's really tall and really aggressive. Was he um, good? At Warwick. Yeah, at Warwick. Yeah. Um, and he was a little bit good and he used to chat a lot and it just frustrated me. But I'll chat, like, I got so many texts playing against him because I used to. <laughs> What's um, his name? I can't remember. Oh, I don't even know his name, but he was an opponent. This is a guy I used to. And he, you know, you look at the roster, you'd be like, oh, we're playing like Greg's team. Like, oh, I hate them because like, they've got that guy that always. Yeah, 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 okay. If anyone listens to this, that's played at Loftus. Okay, uh, so Warwick. Gav, can you please? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gavin, and this guy that always palms it. Um, all right, that's probably all we've got time two for. Two guys, we've just lost two <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our only two. Uh, you've got to go coach your son. Please yeah. make sure you don't favor him too much and no, don't be, be too right. hard. I don't want to see like a. Perth now article where it's like for no, one that Greg yeah, Hyatt. No, <laughs> like my son's punching someone in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'm right. Like, ah, oh, it's all right. It'll be fine. Well, hopefully you're back for episode three then, which will be next week, next Wednesday. In yeah, in that's right. In the lycra. Uh, yeah. If you want to find what we're doing on socials, perhaps we'll post a picture of Greg in his lycra. Uh, that's backchat underscore basketball on uh, Instagram, and you can email us hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Um, that's probably all we'll cover. We've got lots more to talk about. We've got too um, much next week. We've got, we got too much week. NBA starts next week. I want it. I want you to like. Um, Are we NBA fantasy basketball guys? Oh, I used to be. Horribly. It took too yeah. much of my time. Um, I used to have notepads and scribbling and like. Is this something like, that we're maybe looking at back chat? We could. We could. <laughs> we could. I'm not sure if we've got the time for it, but we could definitely try. Um, and oh, I want I'm your like, like premature predictions of, of who's going to win at the NBA. But that's what we'll, we'll start with that next week. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Love it. Thanks, lads. That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the ACAST Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.